Welcome to the How I'm Wired podcast with Paul Carpenter. On this podcast, you're going to hear clips from my favorite show called Ask Paul Carp. You're also going to get the best highlights from my documentary series, my keynote speeches, interviews, and some new and current thoughts that I record specifically for this audio experience. Really, the main goal of what you're going to hear here is how we connect people and protect productivity. It is about understanding how you're naturally wired and how we're going to help you connect with those around you. People ask, well, how do I disqualify or how do I know who I should disqualify? I say, well, the best way to know who you should disqualify is to write down what qualifies somebody. And if people don't meet that criteria, get them out of your life, at least from a sales standpoint. Look, I mean, again, you can be friends all day long, but get them out of your life. Now, here's what um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but, you know, in the old days, uh, you know, I'm showing my age here for sure. But in the old days, the way they would teach bankers to determine or anybody in a store to determine a counterfeit hundred dollar bill is they had to become a student of the hundred dollar bill, an actual one hundred dollar bill. There were too many versions of counterfeits to train them on all the versions of counterfeits. And so what they did is they said, hey, we want you to know the hundred dollar bill so intimately that if you saw anything that didn't fit, you kicked it out of your out of your hands. You you called in the cops. You said this is counterfeit. And so the way they did it is they would force bankers and tellers to examine the $100 bills and they would test them on that to know intimately where every little uh, mark was on that bill. So that when they saw a counterfeit, it like glowed in the dark. Now, of course, today they use a marker and boom, it shows up immediately. But back in the day, they didn't have that. And so we use the same process when we try to teach how to disqualify. We say, we want you to write down the ideal candidate, the one who would be the best fit for what you have. And I usually like people to go about five or six layers deep. So it's not just that we sell to people, we sell to men. We sell to men who are between 30 and 45 years old. We sell to men who are 30 to 45 who are weekend warriors. We sell to men who are 30 to 45 weekend warriors who play typically one of two sports. We sell to men who are 30 to 45 years old who are weekend warriors playing one or two sports and they pay to play, meaning they're overly competitive. This is an example of a sales process I helped build for an orthopedic group because what they were really trying to do is determine who they were going after. And once they determined who they were going after five layers deep, all of a sudden, anybody that came in that wasn't a fit, they could boot to the wind. They could say, you're just not a fit. This, what we have in this specialty program, this exercise program that we're offering, it only really applies with people with this criteria. And when they have this criteria, they're going to buy from us 99 out of 100 times. And our closing ratio goes to the moon. But every time we spend time with people who don't fit that, huh, they don't buy from us. And so it puts us in harm's way. So if you're a landscaper or you're a financial advisor or you business to business or business to consumer, what we, the exercise is this, who buys from you and why give all the criteria and build that four five, six layers deep, and then get to know that so well that anybody who's a poser, anybody who comes in that doesn't reflect that, you just let them know it's just not a fit. And where that happens in my company a lot is sometimes people will call me and they'll be like, Hey, um, I wanted to see if you'd be the keynote speaker for this event. And, you know, we charge a lot for keynote speeches and they're like, Oh, could, could you do it for free? And we're like, no, 
And we're like, well, here's who can hire us. Here's the kind of groups that can hire us for keynote. And if you don't fit for that, I'll be honest with you, you're probably either not going to have the budget or you're not going to be able to make a decision that big on your own. And so what I would tell you is it's just probably not a fit. And the minute I sense that they're not a fit, I go ahead and put it in the way. I say, hey, can I be honest with you? If there's any, I'll give you an example. I had, I had a young lady call me the other day and I, I'm, I'm really impressed with her to be quite honest, because she's like, Hey, I wanted to see if I could get some personal coaching. And I know that the job she has, and I know that she's not made of money. Um, and so I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, don't know if financially, you know, if, if it's going to be a fit. And she said, well, uh, what, what would it cost? And I said, well, it's it kind of three things to work with me. And I gave her time, money, and commitment. Here's what that would look like. And I gave her the rate and, and I, I'll be frank. I, I just thought this was going to knock it out. It was going to kill it. And she said, no, I'm in. And I, I was a little bit shocked, but um, she paid her bill and we set up the appointment. And I was so impressed with the fact that you have to test it. See, I could have just kicked that to the curb, but what I did is I put it in the way. I said, Hey, here, here's what's going to cost. And she was like, no problem. I got the money. I've been saving for this. I need it. I'm willing time, money, and commitment. And so when you are working on your list, there's two things I want you to remember. One, you need to know that list like the back of your hand so that anybody who is a poser or an imposter will glow in the dark. Before you kick them to the curb, I want you to test it. I want you to say in the way, in the way, I'm not sure this is going to be a fit. I'm not sure this is going to fit in your budget. I'm not sure that you would have the time to do this. Boom. And so that is the kind of thing. Let me give you a couple more examples to put it in real world. I have a landscape company that does training with us. And one of the issues they were having is people would want them to come out to their yard and do a sketch and outline, you know, what they would suggest and what they might consider. Should we put a rock wall in? Should we move trees? Should we add shrubs, colors, et cetera? And the, the issue they were coming up with was a lot of times people were like, hey, I don't even really need to be there. Just come out to my yard, put the sketch together, send me the quote, and I'm in. And he was doing that for a long while, but he wasn't winning the business. And he's like, well, how do I prevent that? I said, well, first of all, I wouldn't be doing the sketches for free because a lot of those people are just taking your sketches and they're then going to, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever, buying their own plants and putting them in. And you've just given them your expertise as to what their, what their little playground could look like. I said, so you might want to charge for that as part of a commitment step. And then if they buy from you, you can credit that fee back. But I said, the second thing is require them to be there. See time, money, and commitment. Even if they're willing to pay you, I would ask them to be there. Why? So that you can bounce ideas off of them. And in reality, in most cases, if you can walk the yard with the actual homeowner, the scope of the project will grow because they're going to have ideas that play off of some of the things that you say and show. And so at the end of the day, you don't tell them what you're going to do, or you don't tell them how you're going to do it. You just tell them what it's going to look like at the end. Here's what you're going to have. It's going to be a beautifully mulched bed. It's going to have four or five different colors. It's going to have two different trees. It's going to have lighting that's going up, lighting that's flooding out, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, when he took control of that, and determined that he would not go out unless somebody was willing to, to meet the checklist that he had put together. He just said goodbye. And that was the end of the story. And that was the smartest thing he could have done because what he did is he began to protect his time. And if you remember the principle from a couple of videos back, people will always use your time. They have no, they, they have no guilt whatsoever to waste your time. And so until you take control of it, you're just going to keep chasing it.